Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Rapnolis. I don't know why, but there's something about horror movies that gets me talking about generational nostalgia and how we pass things on to one another. A lot of the early movies, as it turns out, that I watched as a kid that became must-watch things from the 50s and 60s were stuff that were passed on to me through my parents. And the reason they passed it on to me was because they were things that they loved when they were younger. And some of my favorites are the ones that they had a good story around. And the film House on Haunted Hill was a date movie that they had seen, I think, at a second-run movie house. And they had gone with friends. And during the film, my mother was terrified from the very beginning when they have these screams start happening in the very dark theater. And she would tell me, kind of smiling, that throughout the entire film, my father, her future husband, would be constantly trying to scare her even more, poking her, tapping her on the shoulder. They would see lots of movies together, ones that they would make me both watch. And while I was very young for some of them, a very young kid watching Dr. Zhivago doesn't really absorb the whole picture. It was their stories, often told before and after, about them seeing it the first time that made me enjoy the films even more. And I'm sure at the time, their parents would have been terrified, thinking that this lowbrow affair that these kids were seeing in these second-run theaters, these silly horror films, were things that they would be passing on to their kids. And I'd like to think that that's exactly what's happening now when we're all going to see whatever it is we see. It's the future nostalgia we'll be passing down. And while we might roll our eyes at some of the big Hollywood blockbusters, there are people who are out there who are on dates who will be sharing those movies five, ten years from now with their kids, saying, oh, this is where, you know, your mother and I fell in love. So on today's show, I'd like to talk to you about one of these films, House on Haunted Hill. We'll talk about the people in front of and behind the camera. We'll talk about the film's release and we'll throw in a few surprises here and there. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. House on Haunted Hill is a 1959 horror film directed by the great William Castle. It was written by Rob White and stars Vincent Price. The film was written by Rob White III, who was born in 1909, passed away in 1990, was born in the Philippines, and he was a prolific writer. He had a relationship with 
William Castle, the director, producer, that ran for five films, including Thirteen Ghosts, Macabre, The Tingler, Homicidal, and of course, House on Haunted Hill. The Tingler and House on Haunted Hill would both have Vincent Price in it. The movie was directed by legendary director, producer, screenwriter, actor William Castle. Castle was born in 1914, passed away in 1977. Castle was born William Schloss Jr. in New York City. Schloss is German for castle, if I'm saying that right. And he would change it to castle because I guess he thought it was easier for people to pronounce. He was known as a true showman, making low-budget films and using gimmicks to get people into the theaters. If you want to get an idea about William Castle, there's lots of writing about him. There's also a great movie that's sort of based on Castle. It's called Matinee. It was released in 1993. It's very underrated and has John Goodman in the lead role. House on Haunted Hill has amazing exterior shots of the haunted house, and that house is impressive because it is a Frank Lloyd Wright-designed house, the Ennis House, which is in Los Feliz, California. Although the interior of the film is just a mess of all sorts of different styles that don't match it, the Ennis Brown House was built in 1924 and is on the National Register of Historic Places. Now, as Castle was known to do, he came up with a way of selling this film, saying it was filmed in Emerjo, which meant that during the film, when the skeleton would appear, he would have a skeleton hover over the audience with lighted red eyes to kind of pull people into it during its original run. And Emerjo became popular enough that word spread about it, and kids, of course, being kids, would try to knock the skeleton over, which probably became even more fun than being scared by the skeleton and probably brought even more people into the theater. Genius, this guy was. In 2010, the Film Forum in New York City had a revival of the film, along with other castle films, and included the original gimmicks they used in these, which is pretty amazing. Would have loved to have seen that. Vincent Price, and you're invited to my party in the house on Haunted Hill, where so far the ghosts have murdered only seven people. So won't you come and make it eight? You'll see human heads without bodies. Mysterious pools of blood dripping from the ceiling. The walls move slowly in against you. Don't try to escape, you can't. So won't you join me in the house on Haunted Hill? Hurry, or you'll be late for your own funeral. The film was shot very quickly in September of 1958 and was released in December of that same year. 
and I think production was just about two weeks. Now, as I mentioned about my parents' date, the film begins in darkness with just screams, people screaming, and if you're in complete darkness and all you hear is this horrible echoing screams, it could wear on you, or at least it did on my mom, and I'm sure a whole bunch of other people. I admit I would probably be one of those people who'd be a little freaked out. That doesn't necessarily work on TV when you watch it nowadays. You could try it, but it's even hard to get the room dark enough to be like a theater. Plus the echo kind of goes away. So we kind of miss out if we're not seeing it on the big screen. But good luck finding it playing on a big screen, unfortunately. The film opens with eccentric millionaire Frederick Lauren, played by Vincent Price, who invites five people to a party for his fourth wife, Annabelle, who's played by Carol Omart. And this party is being held in a haunted house, allegedly. And he will give them $10,000 if they stay the entire night. And from here, things get crazy. Nobody's sure what's going on. People are getting shot. Maybe they're not being shot. Somebody's trying to kill somebody. We're not sure who. And I really don't want to ruin it because there's lots of twists and turns in this film. And it's not always clear what's going to happen. What is going to happen while you watch it is you will laugh at some of the effects. You can kind of sometimes see the strings on things that are dangling. And to me, that makes the film more endearing. Also, you'll hear a lot of these screams, and boy, do they turn up the scream factor in this film. The film has an amazing cast. Leading it is Vincent Price. Vincent Lettered Price Jr. was born in 1911, passed away in 1993, appeared in over 100 films, radio, television. He did comedy, horror, thrillers, just about everything. He has a great voice. I'm not sure what I would say he's best known for. I think The Tingler is a great film, and I think this film is great. I also love his work in The Last Man on Earth. For a younger audience, they might have seen him as an old man in Edward Scissorhands, and of course for his television work in The Brady Bunch, just about everything. He was also a great lover of art and food, just an all-around renaissance man. Elisha Cook Jr. was also in this film. Elisha Van Slyke Cook Jr. was born in 1903, passed away in 1995. Character actor probably best known for his work in The Maltese Falcon, although he was also in Shane, The Big Sleep, and of course this film. Of course me, I loved him for his small recurring role as Ice Pick on Magnum P.I. Did a great job with that. Nora Manning was played by Carolyn Craig. Craig was born in 1934, passed away in 1970, probably best known for this role, although she did a lot of great TV work as well. Vincent Price's wife Annabelle, fourth wife that is, was played by Carol Omart. Omar was born in 1927, worked in quite a few films. Her last movie was the 1974 Spectre of Edgar Allan Poe, and in 1978 she retired. Julie Mitchum played Ruth Bridgers. She had a pretty decent career, appearing in small roles in The High and the Mighty and The Ten Commandments. If her name sounds familiar, that is because she is in fact related to her brothers, John and Robert Mitchum, who were also pretty big in the entertainment industry. Richard Long played Lance Schroeder. Probably best known for his television work. He was in The Big Valley, Nanny and the Professor, and Bourbon Street Beat. He also worked on 77 Sunset Strip. Alan Marshall played Dr. David Trent. Marshall was an Australian-born actor. Passed away in 1961, pretty young, in his early 50s. Had a good career starting in the mid-30s, worked up until the late 50s. Of course, the big star in the movie is The Skeleton. And much like all great skeletons, The Skeleton was played by himself. After these messages, we will return. 
Hello, I'm Vincent Price. For many years now, mankind and his offspring have been searching for an alternative to peanut butter and jelly. After employing the latest methods in technology, the Peter Paul Candy Company has found the alternative to peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter with no jelly. Pure, creamy peanut butter dotted with Krispies, covered with pure milk chocolate, but no jelly. I'm sure you're as pleased as I am. <laughs> Here at the bank, we've discovered a fascinating pastime. Hangman. Each player puts a word here. Wrong window. Then they try to guess each other's words. L. Nope. G. No. Endorse it. Q. Uh-uh. R. Right. A. Nope. L. No. N. Wrong bank. If you have a little time to kill, get. Hangman! I won't! Oh, I can't play with these interruptions. Hangman from Milton Bradley. And now, back to the show. The music for the film was written by Vaughn Dexter. He would score four films with William Castle before succumbing to a hand condition that made him retire from making film music because he couldn't do it fast enough. He was born in 1912 in Aurora, Illinois. Originally, the theme music for the film had lyrics which were written by Richard Kane, but they only used the orchestral version in the film. And if you search online, you can see those lyrics, which I was surprised to find. I would love to hear someone record a version with those lyrics. Jerry Irvin was a music editor, also worked on the film. I would say this is one of his better film, but he also worked on It Conquered the World and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. The film was released by Allied Artists on February 17, 1959. It had a budget of $200,000 and would go on to make $1.5 million. Pretty good. It has since been released on home video in many formats. And here's the thing. The copyright for the film was never properly renewed. So this film has been re-released by many people often on poor quality media. I worked in a video store, and people would often complain at the cheap copies we had of this. If you want to see the film, you can, of course, buy a very nice copy, or you can head over to the Internet Archive at archive.org and download a free copy right there to see it, or stream it right through the Internet Archive. In 1999, a remake of the film starring Jeffrey Rush, Tay Diggs, Jeffrey Combs, Famke Janssen, and Ali Larder was released. It was produced by Robert Zemeckis, who had basically founded a production company just to remake Castle Films, Dark Castle Entertainment. This was the first of them. They would also do 13 Ghosts. This film, not very well received. The plot is sort of similar enough to the original. Same sort of twists, although with a lot more special effects and a lot grittier. While the film is not well received by many, it does have its fans. The film would make $40 million domestically and would spawn a sequel, Return to House on Haunted Hill, which was released straight to DVD and was heavily panned, even more than the original remake. And while there had been a plan for a third one, that never happened because the second one didn't do very well. After these messages, we will return. There are some food controversies that even a confirmed epicure might find difficult to resolve. Example, is quality best taken hot or cold at Cousins? On the one hand, you have Cousins sizzling delectable cheese steak or delicately seasoned Italian sausage, meatballs in a rich Italian sauce. 
On the other hand, you have ham and cheese, the classic club sub, or Cousin's own special with Italian meats. Hot or cold, there's a Cousin's for every appetite. Round and round go the lights and the sound. Simon picks up speed as he goes. Simon goes faster by leaps and by bounds. Simon wins by a nose. Push green, push red, push yellow, push blue. Push till you're blue in the face. And just when you think you can match Simon's face, there's another, Simon's brother. Super Simon's the name, and it's an exciting game. It's big and it's long and it's new, and it's loaded with tricks. It's quicker than lightning, and he thinks, he thinks faster than you. Super Simon's great sport. He's got five games inside, and each will sharpen your mind. You gotta move fast, you gotta decide, or get when you fall behind. Simon and Super Simon from MB Electronics. And now, back to the show. So we're in the month of October, and I would say any time is a good time to watch a scary movie, but can you really think of a better time where it's socially acceptable to chain together a ton of scary movies? Perhaps you've never seen the original House on Haunted Hill. This would be a great time to do so. It's filled with great stars, has an amazing director behind it and it is very memorable and just make sure if you can to share it with someone special Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, you can drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist.com and twitter.com slash retroist. The music you hear on the show is by Peachy. If you have musical needs, you can email peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. There's a house on Haunted Hill where everything's lonely and still, lonely and still, and the ghost of a sigh, when we whispered goodbye, lingers on. Wow, that's deep. This has been a Retroist production. Goodbye.